KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. A lot of my memories are really about the time with people. You know, it sounds so cliche, and as successful as we were as a team, it still comes down to those moments of of sharing with others. And lacrosse has taken me around the world. So grateful for kind of what I've seen and the people I've met and the time spent with, um, you know, some of the most special people in my life. And our guest this week is Bonnie Rosen, the Temple women's lacrosse head coach. Been there for 15 seasons or getting ready for her 15th season. Had a ton of success. And Bonnie, thanks so much for taking the time. Matt, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. So as we are talking here in the fall, uh, it's been a crazy 18, 20 months for everybody. Has life gotten relatively close to normal for the program? And are you, are you anticipating a season that will be pretty close to life before the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I think I've learned there's no such thing as normal. So I think it's actually one of the gifts of the pandemic that really learned to just take things day every day at a time. and. Uh, last year actually was a really remarkable year. It was almost as normal in an abnormal setting as it could be. So as we look into this year, yes, I think our upcoming spring looks like a full set, a full season of, of games, uh, non-conference and conference. And uh, hopefully, you know, the only things we're dealing with adjusting are dealing with snow <laughs> that we often deal with in the beginning. So yeah, things are definitely much more back to a normal schedule, uh, but I think things have changed a lot. Um, through the pandemic. To that point, have things changed? Did the pandemic lead to you having to change how you do things? And in retrospect, you know what? Maybe doing Zoom for X instead of having the kids meet here is actually better for, did you kind of learn some things by accident that, you know, are going to stick around? Yeah, I think that the pandemic really, you know, it, it, it showed me what matters, right? And I think it actually reinforced the the things that matter to me in coaching, building relationships, and and just kind of reading and reacting to how our team is doing on a daily basis as we look at our big goals. It definitely introduced us to technology, um, being able to do things via Zoom, uh, learning how to use some of the technology to do some of our uh, chalk talks online and um, manage time, even in the office for our coaching staff, um, be a little bit more flexible in how we could spend all of our hours together. Um, but I think probably the biggest thing, the biggest lesson I took was just the reminder that it's not always about more, 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 uh, but look and see where we are right now and make good decisions about what we need to do the next day, honestly. So let's talk about your career. It looks like reading about you growing up, you were all sports all the time. I think you were a three sport, uh, uh, three sport athlete in high school growing up. Uh, what's your earliest sports memory as far as playing or going to a game or whatever is concerned? Uh, I love that question. It's actually a question we ask recruits all the time in the recruiting process. Sports have just been always in my life and and always kind of coming from me. From the time I was little, I loved to move around and my parents recognized that. We didn't come from necessarily, I didn't come from necessarily a very athletic family. Um, my parents just recognized I was really happy playing. So they threw me in the pool and gymnastics when I was really little. I, of course, started in like the little league soccer thing, even way back when I was a kid. Um, and I started off actually as like a little league baseball player 
before I could even play softball. Um, you know, so I did every sport you could imagine. They were all the local recreation sports. Anytime I was at camp and playing around in the backyard, uh, we had a bunch of uh, neighbors. A lot of the guys would come to our backyard playing, you know, like flag football or uh, basketball. Um, so I just really grew up playing lots of sports and my organized sports scene just kind of became, grew out of just, you know, honestly, like friends or who was doing what or what, what, I, what was offered to me at the time. So, you know, it probably wasn't, in, it was, you know, in seventh grade when I got to start playing school sports and I picked up field hockey and, and lacrosse. Um, and then in high school, I added basketball to that. I'd played it recreationally just kind of in the backyard and, or I should say in the driveway, um, you know, and so it just kind of sports have always just been in my life. So my early sports memories are playing lots of different sports. You mentioned lacrosse, uh, you know, growing up, I think we're close to the same age. And when I was younger and I grew up in South Jersey, lacrosse was not on the radar uh, in our area. Was it big around you? Cause you were, you were main line, right? So was right. it, was it big, you know, back then, or was it something that you had a couple friends and, you know, you kind of saw it that way? Yeah, it was, it was pretty big. You know, it was just kind of one of the choices immediately. And when I hit seventh grade, um, you know, I'd played pretty much every sport that was offered. And then I chose to, the school sports I played were two that I hadn't played before. So field hockey and lacrosse, they didn't have soccer for girls back then. Um, or I probably would have ended up in that soccer, um, on the soccer kind of route too. Um, so yeah, lacrosse was just always there for me. The club scene wasn't there. Um, so school sports were, you know, kind of really important to me. And then just playing things outside of school was always fun, just in a fun way. Was there something about lacrosse? I mean, it sounds like you had, you were going to have a good time regardless of what you played, but did you take to lacrosse? Did it feel different? Was there something about the sport that kind of rose to the top for you right away? Definitely. First, thanks for even recognizing. Yeah, I'm totally the person that people would say, what's your favorite sport? And I'd say kind of whatever season I was in, I was happy. So it just ended up being lacrosse took me the furthest in my life. But for sure, um, you know, the moment I played lacrosse, it kind of combined all the sports together. It's a thrill to try and catch that ball and throw the ball. You know, um, I think sometimes people pick up the sport a little too early um, because that's what we do to kids. But because it's a high level game, if you don't really know how to throw and catch other balls, I'm not sure how you start with lacrosse with this stick and this little pocket. Um, but I love the freedom of the game, um, just even the skills of it from the beginning. And it allowed me to apply every part, every skill that I learned in sport, whether it was running or the strategy of basketball, you know, the team pieces to everything. Um, you know, I just found it to be a fun sport from the beginning. And uh, yeah, it was good to me all along. And that's something I know one of the things I'm sure you as a college coach dealing with, there's so much specialization with kids these days in sports. I mean, starting from a really young age, but there is a lot to be said for trying and playing a lot of different things. And I'm sure you develop skills you're not even know you're going to develop and you don't realize how much skill X helps you in sport Y. I think, you know, you do a lot of reading and research on this topic still. And then anecdotally, you know, to me, I still think exposure to a lot of sports, a lot of different coaches, being on a lot of different teams when it comes to the excelling at the next level, the college level and beyond. I think having a broader sports background 
really lends to developing greater skill sets that are going to allow you to grow more. Uh, I think specialization gets you places, but developing skills can be done as soon as you care about them, skills come. Um, I think, I think, you know, especially for lacrosse, I think a well-rounded athletic background and experiences really leads to a, a much more fruitful, enjoyable athletic career. So you go to Harriton High. At what point do you start to think slash realize that you're going to be able to be a college athlete? Was there a moment that it kind of crystallized like, wow, I, I've got a shot at this and I might be able to not just do it for one sport. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, talk to me when that kind of came together for you that you saw this was a, a possible reality. Yeah, when you ask that question, it reminds me how how much older I am than the current players going through this process because it wasn't probably until my senior year, um, heading into my senior year, that I thought this was possible. What I knew was I had former teammates who had gone on to play uh, in college, and so high school teammates from Harriton, um, Julie Plasic Myers. Um, was directly in front of me at the time. Um, and so I saw this as like, oh, well, if she could do this, I can do this. And and that was about the extent to my knowing how to dream about it. Uh, I didn't get to watch college lacrosse on social media or streaming online or, um, or on TV. So uh, it was just the idea to be able to keep playing. So it really wasn't really until my senior year uh, when I just started to reach out to schools and, uh, and then all of a sudden it, it was real, like, sure, you can come and do this. And, and that's what I was doing next. Uh, but it felt really natural to me, because uh, I couldn't imagine doing anything but playing sports, continuing to play. So you were three sports in high school, field hockey, lacrosse, and I'm guessing basketball. Yes. And basketball. So as you're starting to look towards college, you end up playing lacrosse and field hockey. Was it obvious to you that those were the two? Did you, was there a basketball possibility or did it become apparent that these are the two that are going to pay the bills? I don't think I ever considered that I would be able to play basketball in college. I have no idea whether that was realistic or unrealistic of the way I was thinking. Um, probably because I didn't have an example in front of me. Um, so what a great point of you know, what opportunities look like to someone. And some of it's just seeing someone do it, right? So I knew people who were doing this field hockey and lacrosse thing. And it was much more common back then if you were good enough to play two sports in college. Um, and I ended up at a place where, as I said, you know, Julie Plasic Myers, who had gone to Harriton, who's now the head coach at UVA, um, you know, she she was ahead of me. And, and I think that helped my coach uh, who was at UVA, uh, University of Virginia at the time, you know, know how to look at me and ask my coaches about me. And, uh, you know, I had a very small recruiting process uh, with a, some schools and UVA turned out to be the one that, that worked out best. Yeah, when you're doing it, I mean, it's a it's a lot when you're doing it for one school or one sport, I should say. You're trying to juggle. Is this the right fit? Do I get do these coaches see in me what I see in myself? Is there room to grow here? But when you're trying to put that together for two sports, I mean, I know, you know, we're 17, 18 and we don't know what's going on in the world. But was there, you know, as you're looking at the schools, you know, well, I like the lacrosse here, the field hockey, eh, you know, or field hockey is really good lacrosse. Eh, like, did you go through that kind of a process or was it not that? 
intense at that age. I wish I could say it had that much research into it. You know, the idea of being able to play more um, at a school that I thought would be a great place for an education, a great place to enjoy uh, was really all I thought about. So, you know, that's me sitting here telling you my recruiting experience. And yet, you know, I sit on the other side as a coach right now, asking these young players to think a lot more and they're even younger than I was then. And, you know, what do you want out of this? And do you know, no, mine was pretty simple. Like, wow, to keep playing, you know, I just, from the time I was a kid, you know, I just had sports, just really, I loved playing sports and, and the Olympics were kind of the thing that I always just kind of dreamt of, even though I was playing two sports that would never get me there. Um, and so, yeah, it was really like, wow, this is going to work out. Great school, play sports. I had no idea when I went to UVA that I'd end up winning a national championship. I had no idea as to the, 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 path my athletics career was going to go on. Um, I just loved playing sports and here was an opportunity to keep doing it. How's the adjustment when you go to Virginia just to getting used to life in college and life playing two sports? Yeah, I I had a reality check right away um, coming in to play field hockey. Um, you know, I, 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 I never thought I was like the most spectacular athlete or spectacular player in either sport. Um, I just loved doing it and was seeing success. And then field hockey, I stepped into preseason and I realized I didn't have any, I hadn't even been exposed to the skills that I was going to need. Um, we're playing on AstroTurf, the game's faster. Um, you know, a lot of people had gone to these uh, camps for, 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 for field hockey. I'd never been to a single camp or clinic for field hockey. And so immediately I remember actually calling home during preseason field hockey, which is already an intense experience, you know, three sessions a day in the heat, you know, normally an adjustment for anyone. And I remember calling home being like, wow, everyone's a lot better than me. And I don't even know that I'm going to make the team. Little did I know of, I was on the team, you know, that's how, that was my mentality. I was like, oh, I, I might not even make this team. Um, so I realized very quickly I had a lot to learn as a player, but I loved every bit of it. Um, you know, and the adjustment to college, getting used to school was like learning how to study for these massive science tests. And um, all of that was an adjustment. The social scene was great from the beginning. And that that seemed really natural. And the team was wonderful. And um, so it was but I do remember it was that first year was a big adjustment to everything. By the time I got to lacrosse, though, having gone through a field hockey season, uh, lacrosse was a much more natural experience for me. And my skill sets um, allowed me to see success sooner in lacrosse than they did in field hockey. Was there any crossover? I think going back to the specialization discussion is, you know, these days you play lacrosse, you're playing lacrosse, you know, you're playing baseball, you're, there's fall ball, there's summer workouts. Like, you know, when we're talking this this period, late 80s, early 90s, was like field hockey done and then you had time and then you started lacrosse was it much more like compact of a season yeah there were you know there were a group of people that were that played both sports so for those of us in that place and it was a pretty strong group and our and our head coach at the time was the head coach for both so that made all of that a lot easier right um so we weren't yes it was it felt much more like a high school experience a traditional high school experience before you're playing club like the current players um that, you know, I had field hockey and then when field hockey end, I moved right into lacrosse. And then when lacrosse ended, I'd move into training for field hockey. Um, so it was kind of, you know, as soon as field hockey ended, I was in my, my preseason training for lacrosse again. Do you remember the moment when you 
you, know, you talk about, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make the team, stuff like that. Is there a moment that's kind of ingrained in your mind for, for either sport, both sports, where you felt like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to, I can do this? Was Is there a, a moment when it kind of crystallized for you in college? I mean, I think that feeling that that field hockey feeling I had initially, I think that went away pretty quickly once, you know, preseason was over and I was just learning and growing. Um, But I think, you know, maybe not directly answering your question. One of the best things that happened to me was that field hockey was a slower growth process for me than lacrosse in terms of my success and impact on the field. And so through the field hockey journey of of my career at, at UVA, you know, I started from, you know, needing to learn a ton to then being the player that, you know, got some playing time when, you know, games didn't matter. Um, and then to being a player that would sub on to give a, a, a starter a break um, and then come off to being the player that subbed on and stayed on to being a starter. And then eventually by my senior year, not just being a starter, but being a captain and and even being an MVP. And, and so the process to getting good, to learning how to just go after it every day and 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 control what you can control and 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 make the most of the time when you're on the field, that process I still look back to as being kind of the foundation to my success, long-term success as a lacrosse player. And honestly, if I take that back a little further, and I've had a chance to reflect over these, you know, on this over the years. My basketball experience in high school, you know, Harriton High School basketball, we were playing the Delval League. Um, we weren't the best at all, you know, I'm, you know, this five, five and a half player who is not anything special on the basketball court, except for I was smart and I understood how to do things. And I was sort of skilled anyway, in basketball in, in at Harriton, we lost a lot of games and we lost a lot sometimes by a lot. And there wasn't a game I ever went into that didn't think we could win it. Um, but I also knew we were never the best. And I learned how to practice and how to play games and not be so dependent upon the end result to get good. And I think that led to a good college career, honestly, to having that mentality that you, you have to show up every day, regardless of how the wins and losses go. And um, and then I think my struggle in field hockey allowed me to have a really, really good lacrosse career long term. And when I say struggle, just a little bit longer of a path to seeing success. And to that point, I would think because so many people that to have that, you know, as you point out, that basketball experience, one of the toughest things a lot of times for athletes is learning how to lose and learning how to deal with it and learning how to grow from it. Uh, Nobody designs it that way, but I would guess in the big picture, that's a big thing to learn how to handle that. And it also gives you appreciation for getting to the top of the mountain and what, you know, the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, again, all of this informs who I am as a coach too these days. You know, I really, you know, it's wonderful when you're super talented enough to be winning as a team or to be starting from the time you step on the field at, at whatever age you are. Um, but I know firsthand and that that it is the 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 process of getting better. It's struggling, it's it's learning how to hear handle disappointments that in the end when you develop those skills and you go through that, I think you're really primed for a much more, much more success and, and consistency, you know, and I think, you know, probably my strength as an athlete all along has been my desire to be a great team player. Um, And I'm kind of the steady player, you know, who can, can just, you can rely on me to do what needs to be done on the field 
um, as just kind of a key team player. When your career is field hockey and lacrosse, how do these skill sets complement each other? We talked about that kind of in the broad sense, but specifically with those, are there things that are really important in field hockey that maybe are ancillary in lacrosse or vice versa, but when you've got that ability, it really does help? I mean, I do think, you know, one game's played, field hockey played primarily on the ground. You know, one game's played primarily in the air, yet both have their moments. You know, I think handling both both use sticks, right? So so having to all the eye hand coordination, having to handle kind of uh, you know, moving or moving your body while having this other, you know, instrument, I think definitely was a great crossover piece. Um, I think in so many ways it's having the variety, you know, the games had different rules, um, so different strategies that you had to use. And I think. Um, you know, for me, again, one of my strengths has always been how to learn um, and how to how to read a game. And 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 I think the more you get to read how balls come, you know, come out of things and 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 how players move around and and how you defend things. And I just think all of those things have made they they really benefited me. So maybe not direct specialization, but almost more well-rounded how you keep learning from a game and learning new skills. I think that that probably benefited me in both areas. You are part of a team that wins the national championship lacrosse at Virginia, I think in 91, if I'm correct. What's that like? Just that journey to getting and being a part of a team that proves itself to be the best in the country. Yeah. Um, uh, What a gift that was. Um, You know, we had, our lacrosse team had been a, had been a top team, you know, my entire, from the time I was a freshman, you know, we, we got ourselves to the NCAs, but, um, didn't, you know, didn't advance past the first round. And, um, you know, when our junior year, we went straight, you know, straight to a championship. We didn't go, we didn't have to do the, like, let's get to a final four and then a championship the next year, or let's get to a, the finals. And then when we went straight to it and looking back on that year, um, it's not like we've set that out as our main goal, but, but our coach um, Jane Miller was fantastic at just kind of laying the foundation that you go after excellence all the time in everything you do. And we were just a team that really practiced well and, and loved, loved playing with each other and, you know, loved winning. And so before I knew it, you know, here I am, you know, a, a junior in college, and it kind of still happened to me. It wasn't like this was this thing I set out as my goal. Before I knew it, we're in this situation, and we go after winning, and we want it. And and I think that process, it was it was only after we accomplished it that I realized what we had done. And it was the first thing in my life from a, a sports thing that I'd won a championship. Um, and and I remember it was kind of the thing you could never no one could ever take it away from you. So I do remember it took a while to, to set, to set in as to what we had accomplished. And it was the, you know, it then laid the foundation for dreams. You know, when I came back as a senior, I wanted, I wanted that again. Um, And it made me want more in my field hockey season, um, you know, first and foremost, and then into that. So uh, it was, it was amazing. It was truly an amazing thing. And um, you know, something, you know, I remember very clearly. Do you remember the moment when it set in? You talk about it took a while. Is there because a lot of times with stuff like this and talking to people in these interviews, a lot of times it's kind of I don't want to say silly stuff, but it's not the type of thing that 
where it hits you. It's something, a phone call or a conversation, or you see something on TV or in the paper where it finally registers with you. Was there the kind of that, for lack of a better term, an aha moment? I don't know that there was an aha moment. I just remember lots of little moments. I remember, I remember winning it. I remember like the moment on the field and I remember, um, you know, just people saying things. There's more of kind of the outside world, people acknowledging what had happened. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm so, f- I'm really fortunate, right? I've had a chance, you know, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about it, but um, to win at the U.S. level. And um, and so kind of those things are even stronger. Um, and they were, the foundation was laid by this kind of, this this national championship. And then the year that followed the national championship. When does the idea of maybe being a coach enter into your mind? Is it something, because it sounds like as you describe yourself as a player, you know, you don't have to reverse engineer much to say, oh, well, the foundation was laid for this even in her junior high, high school days, the way she looked at things and thought about things. But do you remember when you started to really think like, boy, it might be fun to, to coach? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to laugh because it wasn't something I set out to do. Um, my path was, you know, I entered college really interested in kind of medicine and healthcare, you know, kind of a story, you know, when I was younger, I was in a pretty bad, um, uh, van accident and had to deal with rehabbing a, a neck injury. And so physical therapy, uh, medicine, all of it was very interesting to me. So that was my plan. And throughout college, I was planning, you know, I, I was thinking um, athletic training and then and then physical therapy. And that was my route, actually. But I had worked camps all throughout my my college um, career and summer camps and really loved coaching. So, it you know, I was doing this, but it wasn't something that I thought I was going to do. And uh, after college, uh, you know, right after my senior year, I had a chance to try out for the uh, the U.S. national team, um, which is a whole bigger story, but the you know I made the team and um, and 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 basically what ended up happening is because I was on the U.S. team, I I met Mandy O'Leary, who was a uh, the coach at, at Yale University at the time. She's now the the Florida coach, and she had a job opening, and I was applying to PT school, and I said, well, listen, I would love to do this, um, but if you know I'm planning to go to PT school, I still need to take a few more classes. And she said, no problem. Just give me a year. And six months into doing it, I said, this is everything I want to do. So um, I probably loved coaching in different ways, but I had this other career path going and then opportunities just shifted it. And I found my, you know, a love that allowed me to combine all my interests. When did that van accident occur? Is that as a kid, young? Yeah, I was uh, I was a sophomore in high school away at summer camp. So I went to overnight camp for for most of my life, which is where I got to play a ton of sports. So again, when you ask me kind of where my sports background in the summer, that's when I played everything but the sports I played in high school. And uh, we were at a tennis tournament at another camp and on our way home from the uh, the the tournament, um, we got into a really bad accident, rolled down an embankment and I was thrown out of the van. Um, and had a had a pretty good neck injury from it. Not nothing that needed surgery or anything, but uh, enough that you know I, I went through physical therapy and had a kind of and left me with some kind of you know stuff to pay attention to for the rest of my life. So um, you know that kind of opened my eyes to a whole other field, and and also obviously uh, you know how much I love playing sports and and how to keep doing it health, in a healthy way. Was there ever a point after that where you thought maybe? 
your sports, not even thinking about college, but just uh, you might not be able to do it? Or were you told or pretty confident or just too young to take it all, you know, kind of process it all that you just kind of took it as it came? Or was there concern that maybe if this doesn't go right, you might not be able to play as much as you, you had been? Uh, it's a great question because the timing of it was um, I had also been selected to play basketball in the Jewish Maccabi games that were being held in Toronto, Canada. Um, I think it was probably like three or four weeks from then. And um, and so, no, I never thought about not doing sports and no one dissuaded me. I, I, uh, I The accident happened. I came home for a few days. Camp had this thing called Color War, which is a huge competition between all of the campers. And I was a captain. And so I wanted to go back. So I went back to camp with this neck brace on. I could barely move. And I obviously wasn't playing, but I tried to be a captain. I ended up lasting a few days through it. You know, then I had to come home because I was just not healthy. Someone else at least recognized that. I came home and really dug into PT did PT and then went to the, went to the Maccabi games and tried to play basketball and I could barely hold my head up. So, uh, you know, good for my parents for recognizing how much I love playing sports. And I remember, you know, I think I made it through a little bit of the competition and I couldn't fully play it that well. Um, so no, it was never a thought like keep moving forward and keep playing. And, um, you know, you know, you push through things and, uh, that's kind of our, our family push through, you know, treat things well and and do what you do what you can while you can. Time for a break on one on one. We will have more with Temple University women's lacrosse head coach Bonnie Rosen right after this. And we are back on one on one, continuing our conversation with Temple women's lacrosse coach Bonnie Rosen. You've been on so many big stages. You mentioned Maccabi Games, obviously winning a national championship, and then. That must have helped not be overwhelmed by the idea of the U.S. national team because, you know, I mean, while that's special and but it kind of is in line with the experiences that you had had to that point. How much did that help you not get too wide eyed and, and stuff like that and kind of take uh, the opportunity to to play that in stride? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, after my senior year in in college, um, the way the process worked at the time is our coach was since our coach was able to recommend a few people to the tryouts and I had had some teammates on the team. So once again, some role models ahead of me, I'm like, well, I play with them. I, I know what this level is, but um, my preparation as a Virginia lacrosse player day in and day out is what allowed me to make that team. I remember I went to that tryout and never, you know, did not expect I'd make the team, you know, and uh, went to this weekend tryout. And I actually remember feeling at home, you know, playing with all of these people a lot older than me, um, you know, who are on this team and trying out as well. And uh, but I also remember that day that I actually played well. You know, sometimes you just know those things. And and so I made the team um, after that on my first tryout. And I always think about that because I'm not sure what would have happened if I hadn't made the team. Um, I might not have actually thought I was good enough. Uh, so uh, that's always a lesson in the back of my head, and you know, just as a coach to understand those things. But I did. I was prepared for that tryout. I played well, and I made the U.S. team. And after that, it was, you know, do everything I can to keep to not only stay on this team, but to keep growing as a player and to help to help a country win national win world World Cup championships. So, yeah, I think everything led to being prepared for that moment for sure. What is 
you're coaching on one track and you're playing on the national team on another track. How does that complement each other? And what I mean by that is I think it's an easy trap to fall into once you get into the coaching trap. You're constantly just thinking as a coach and you're just thinking, I want you to do X. But maintaining that track as a player where you were, you just remember you're you're still in the grind and you know – and you know what? Maybe the kids need a day off today. Maybe you're not you're you're constantly reminded of what it's like as a player. How did that help you during the a lot of your coaching career to be playing at that same time? Yeah, I think it was a huge compliment to both. Honestly, you know, I was looking at the game through a coach's lens and then I was looking at coaching through a player's lens. Um, and, you know, to this day, I really do try and 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 coach through a player's lens as much as possible. I want I want our players to own the game. Um, and so I try and remember that place as a player, but I learned both ways were really complementing each other. And you mentioned kind of the where to have a day off. I was probably harder because I was I was preparing as a player all the time. So I I actually, you know, I'm having this going after an elite athletic experience and I know what it takes. It's it's a lot of sacrifice and it's a lot of hard work. And so, um, you know, I think that mindset actually was less sympathetic to needing more time off for players probably than than a coach that's trying to figure it out. So I was like, well, if I can do it, they can do it. Um, so I think that was I think it was a huge compliment to to both all the times. And I love the freedom at times when I got to go from coaching to then a weekend of of, of U.S. team practice and just being able to be a player again. Um, and be told what to do. I know like sometimes our head coach, Sue Stahl, an also amazing Philadelphia sports person, you know, would say, you know, like, remember everyone, you know, kind of you're the players. And to me, I was like, this is a joy to just be a player, you know, let me play the game, coach me, tell me what to do. Um, I love that kind of freedom of, of getting back into that mode. And then, you know, being able to bring that and bring that back to our teams um, uh, at the time at UConn and um, as a coach. With the U.S. national team, uh, first, favorite memories, and then I want to follow that, coolest places you got to play traveling the world. So first yeah. of all, favorite memories. Well, I mean, you know, to the outside world, you have to talk about the winning moments. You know, the first, um, you know, winning my first World Cup in, in Japan. So this kind of answers two questions at once. But in Japan, um, uh, that just sense of accomplishment with, people that I absolutely adored. And I, I still remember looking up into the stands and, um, you know, my parents and my brother and sister and brother-in-law are there um, watching the game and it meant the world to me. And, and all of these like amazing Japanese fans, cause they loved our team, which was so wonderful. Um, I remember that moment really, really well. And, and that kind of sense of accomplishment and then wanting more, um, you know, most of the memories I would, uh, you know, I had a fortunately was fortunate enough to win two World Cups um, and they both come with, you know, I think our 2021 World Cup run was the best team I've ever been a part of in my life. Um, and so with that, a lot of my memories are really about the time with people. Um, you know, it sounds so cliche and, you know, as as successful as we were as a team, it's just been the journey of spending, you know, hotel nights with your teammates and, and just kind of talking about everything. It's, it still comes down to those moments of, of sharing with others. Um, places wise, I've been so fortunate. You know, I think the first trip tour I made with the U S team, we traveled 
Uh, we did England, Scotland, and Wales and stayed in people's homes, which is always a cool thing. So met such amazing people and saw the cultural sites, but also just kind of just, we did our own thing. Um, the, my first World Cup was in in Japan, so in Edogawa, Japan, and you're just immersed in an entirely different culture. Got a chance to see Tokyo, as well as just kind of walk around and just live. We walked to the fields, um, which was amazing, like a mile walk to our fields from our hotel. So just living in an entirely different culture and then spent three weeks touring Australia. So, you know, did Melbourne and Adelaide and Tasmania. Um so, I mean, lacrosse has taken me around the world um, and I'm so grateful for kind of what I've seen and the people I've met and the time spent with, um, you know, some of the most special people in my life. When you're playing, when did you start to think, like, when did the end come as far as playing? Was it something, I mean, sometimes, you know, it, it's injury and you just can't do X, Y, and Z anymore. Sometimes it's just kind of the internal clock and as much fun as you're having, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. What's the moment for you? Yeah, I, you know, I watched a lot of my peers, you know, after I won that, that first World Cup in 97, you know, I was um, 27 years old. Um, and, and I was like, Oh, I want more, 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 more. This is like everything I love. And, and, you know, then it was go again. And we're 2001. And and four years of work and we won again and it was truly amazing. And I watched, you know, people say like, that's it. I've had enough or kind of where I was like, nope, more, 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 more. And I realized as I would head in, into our, that what ended up being my last world cup in 2005, I was 35 years old. And I said, you know, am I ever going to want to say this is enough? You know, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to say that. And I had put a lot of things on hold and, you know, just kind of just sacrifices, spending time, you know, I missed, missed important events because I was in tryouts or this and things that were worthwhile sacrifice, but I was sacrificing a lot of things. And so I kind of had predetermined going into that, that one, that this was it. And I was going to make the most of it, you know, looking back, I don't know that, um, that that was like the best thing to do. Um, but that's what I did. And I said, cause I know no matter what, I'm going to want to do it again, even when this is over. And you know what I did? I, I wanted it more. We lost, we lost in the finals. And I, you know, it's not like that was, I didn't even consider that was a possibility. Um, but I stuck to it and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't play my best world cup either. So I really felt like I had more to prove and, and, uh, but I still stuck with it and hung it up. So that was like my journey to it. And I actually had, you know, thoughts about like, should I come out of retirement? many times um, initially. And then I let it go long enough that it was really easy to say <laughs> that's enough. Um, so there was never really, it was more of a very intellectual, not a heart decision. Um, you know, I don't know what would have happened if I tried to go for it one more time. Um, but uh, I had just had such a wonderful career and I just recognized that maybe it was time to, to, to move on and make room for other things in my life. So now let's talk about the coaching track. You mentioned the Yale assistant. And then you get the gig at UConn, I think in 97, and you're kind of given the keys and said, get it started, right? You, you, you started from scratch. How difficult is that? But conversely, being a young coach, I would imagine that's incredibly exciting. And you don't know maybe all of the things that go into starting a program. You got it. I mean, I think, you know, kudos to UConn for recognizing they had a young, enthusiastic coach who was ready to start a program from scratch. 
um, and take it and run with it. And I, as you said, I did it right at the same time as I was making my first um, World Cup team and and going on to win my first World Cup championship. So it was busy and exciting, and I knew no different. Um, you know, uh, I fortunately I had a school that really supported me in both my growth as a as a young coach and growing a program from scratch. Um, so it was, you know, it was busy and it was hard, but, you know, it matched everything I was doing. You know, I just, I knew everything was a building process. It's everything I've experienced in my life. Um, and so I was prepared for the, you know, the ups and downs of, of what that meant and trying to recruit and, and trying to develop skill sets and learn how to do the job and manage staff and all of that. You know, I was a, I was a very young coach. Um, in terms of my experience at the time. But, you know, fortunately, I had worked for Mandy O'Leary, who who taught me a lot in, in the short time I was with her as well. And I would imagine you know the type of athlete it takes to play at that level, and you know the sport and all. Was it more difficult, kind of the things that surround a program, uh, you know, that aren't about on the field or aren't about practice? Is that the toughest thing to kind of learn how to do? You know, you know, I would say it is now, um, you know, at the time things were, it was pretty clear to me to priorities and what, I, what needed to be done. I, you know, sure. Certainly managing parents, you know, kind of understanding those pieces, learning how to create a schedule, you know, all of those things, but nothing's that, you know, that brain surgery. I think the, the biggest thing was just helping players to see how good they could be, um, you know, because we were this growing program and, and, uh, you know, I was trying to plant, plant the dreams that, you know, we could be the best and you don't have to settle for just kind of being the, the new people on the block. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest challenge initially. And, um, but, you know, I, I, I don't remember anything as being just the most challenging, you know, it's dealing with, with academic issues and how you want to work and talk through those things. But to me, you know, my approach as a coach has always been about the people. Um, I've always loved the the building relationships and helping people see through their kind of get to their next step in life and the life lessons from sport. So that part to me was, was, a, was part of what kept me in sport. You know, I, I just really like the big lessons that sports give. So, you know, to me, that was a lot of what I was doing from the beginning. Do you, I mean, obviously, lacrosse has taken you everywhere. Are there moments when you missed field hockey? Just the sport? Like, you know, and obviously lacrosse has done done you well. But, you know, were there moments, especially like early on when you're still playing, that you, you miss playing field hockey? I mean, I'm I'm the type of person that, you know, if our, if there's a field hockey stick sitting on the field, I'll pick it up and start playing with it. Um, we actually, from a coaching standpoint, you know, we play a little hockey stuff with our lacrosse sticks where we make, we keep the ball on the ground and, and do all that. So I don't know that I necessarily missed field hockey. Um, I love playing any sport. So, I mean, if you, have you ever seen me or I mean, we bring, I'll bring it. There's a tennis racket in there on, I'm hitting that. I don't tend to miss any sports because I'll play them whenever I can try and, and play them. So I don't know that I necessarily miss the sport itself, but I, I really appreciate it. And any chance I get, I think it's fun to hit the ball and try and score goals with you know, kind of with the stick. Need to take another break now on one-on-one. We will have more with Bonnie Rosen right after this. And we are back. Our guest this week on one-on-one, Bonnie Rosen, head women's lacrosse coach at Temple University. So I'm curious at UConn, you're building this thing from scratch. Are there moments, and you're, I know you're so immersed in the day-to-day and, and all that, 
But there has to be a couple cool moments where you just kind of look around and go, I built this. Like, that's neat. Like, not a lot of people get the opportunity to do something like that. I um, I was acutely aware all the time that, that I was part of establishing the history and culture of, of UConn. And it's, uh, you know, it was one of one, one of the reasons that made it really hard to leave. Um, and I think, you know, the, the recognition comes when you have the alumni coming back every year, like that's the built it piece, you know, everybody in the program, as we would come back year after year, as alumni started were people I coached, you know, and, and there aren't that many coaches that can say that, you know, they coached everybody that had been in the program. And I think that, um, that was something that I really took great pride in. And it's, it's also where, you know, the journey of how to be good and how to win was, you know, as much, it was me, you know, it was this, this program or I took, you know, I, I felt like I could handle the wins and losses because this was our journey together. And, um, you know, it, it was about, it, 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 it was just easier to, it was just a really cool thing. I don't even know the answer to that, but it just very felt like just like a natural journey, um, for me and our program. And I'm curious. From a coaching standpoint, especially, we talked about how coaching and playing at the same time complement each other. But this is a question I asked for a lot of people who were kind of elite at their sport, and then they go on to coach it. Were there part? Were there times, especially as a young coach, where you would get incredibly frustrated because a kid, something that came relatively natural to you, and maybe you don't realize like that it's kind of special, it comes natural to you, and a kid just can't get it and dealing with that for us. Why can't you do that? All you have to do is X, Y, and Z. And I know I'm, you know, exaggerating to a point, but is that tough? Like to, to, to kind of accept that, you know, kids there, there's going to be holes in their game that maybe you weren't holes in your game and you have to learn how to coach that and how to deal with that. Yeah. I think, you know, you hit on a point, but it's probably going to go a little bit differently than your question. Um, I think when it comes to the skill stuff, I always felt really confident in my ability to break down skills and teach them and, um, and have the patience for that. And maybe that goes way back to being a part of, you know, being around a lot of teammates who maybe sometimes I was better than them and could help kind of them learn along the way when I was younger, um, or the success, the lack of success we saw in basketball back, back in the day. Um, so, you know, I never really got that frustrated with that process of learning and, um, you know, and, and kind of that you can you can win without having all the tools yet. But I think the part that has that comes more naturally to me as well is just kind of a mindset of wanting to do it, of of that you can do it, um, that winning is something that's worth going after, um, that having a positive, now I'd call it a mindset, back then it would have been an attitude, um, you know, kind of how to think the game and be great teammates. Those are things that I think sometimes would frustrate me because to me, they were at the heart of, of how you get good at anything. If you see things in a positive manner, um, then you have a chance to actually learn to do them well. And um, so I think that was probably more of the piece of, you know, this is worth going after all of this, you know, don't, don't shy away from, from wanting to be great at something. Um, It's really worthwhile. So you spend a decade at UConn and then you make the move to Temple. Was it, more the temple opportunity emerged and you were really intrigued and thought it would be a good fit? Or were you starting to, I don't know if antsy is the word, but you kind of felt like it was 
you were looking for a new opportunity and you you found the temple. Where does it fall kind of on that calculus? Yeah, it was actually, I was loving building the program at UConn. And at the same time, you know, I was recognizing that my family's from Philadelphia and my parents were here and, and there was some health issues going on at the time and, and grandparents. And, and I was thinking like, do I really want to spend the rest of my life away and not be able to be at home and help when things may be needed? And so that had kind of been gnawing at me for a couple of years. Like, what am I going to do about this long-term? Um, you know, do I really want to be this far away from family long-term? And, you know, it's amazing how things happen, but the job opened up at Temple um, in August. And I was like, oh no, I have to go for this. You know, Temple had been a, a school I had been very familiar with in terms of its success, but that's about it. You know, um, I'd spent very little time at Temple except for coming to play when I was at UVA. And, um, but it was like, wow, this must, this, it's time. If I can get this job, I'm going, I think I can build a program at Temple. And so, you know, things lined up and it was a very quick moment of like, okay, let's go do this. They wanted me. And I, and I left and came to Temple and I, I went because it was, you know, where I wanted to live and at a place where I figured I could be, I could do everything I wanted with a program. And, you know, I had no idea, you know, I get a chance to tell this story a lot. I would say within three months of being at Temple, I was just blown away about how much I loved being at Temple as a, as a university. I fell in love with it and I had no idea. I figured it had all the pieces that I needed to be successful and happy as a coach, but um, I really didn't know how much I would love um, just the energy and the people and um, the education and the whole kind of environment of being at Temple. So yeah, it was a, it was the, it goes down as one of the hardest decisions I've made. One of the most emotional decisions in my life. When you talk about like emotional pivotal life decisions, leaving the UConn program and all of those alumni um, and something that I had built um, was really difficult. Um, but you know, uh, the timing was right. And fortunately um, it gave me an opportunity to be at Temple. So what's it like your first, pass as a head coach it's you it's everything you decided what was what wasn't stuff like that how does it differ when you're taking over an established program and i mean obviously you're still calling the shots but there are things that are in place there are procedures stuff like that was it difficult from that standpoint just purely kind of from a logistic standpoint to to adjust you know, I, again, everything in my life, I think it prepared me for it. You know, I, I jumped in, I knew it was going to be a whirlwind. I had took the job. I had a hire. I basically spent my first fall all by myself while I was hiring coaches. Um, so that was interesting running a program completely on my own. Uh, but, um, but jumping into a program of, with such an amazing history was a joy for me, you know, to come into a program that had won national championships. Um, you know, I knew of Tina Saloon Green, but I hadn't met her. But Sue Stahl, who had been her assistant coach for many years, um, was my World Cup U.S. team coach. So there was that tie. Mandy O'Leary, who had given me my first job coaching opportunity at Yale, was a Temple alum, former teammate. So I had all these connections to Temple. So it felt really, really right to try and bring the past um, and tie it to the to the current. So that part was really cool to be a part of an established tradition um, and kind of take what I had done at UConn and my experience at UVA and kind of meld it all together. Um, 
but yeah, learning, learning new and, and really right. Having to prove myself all over again to bosses, to players. Um, no one knew me to colleagues, um, having to establish myself again. I did find as most people do, you know, I grew a ton, you know, when you have to get back into a new environment and start over again, you have to think through all the things that matter to you or the way I'm doing things. Do these make sense at this new place? You know, or is this kind of the, does this still work? Um, and so I think through that process of one, making the decision to, to make the move and, and then starting up and having to do it all by myself in some ways, that was a huge gift because I, it was all me at first. And then I could bring our staff in. I didn't have to balance kind of a lot of different ideas initially. And then, then the staff grew. Um, so yeah, it was an adjustment period. I remember, but I do remember a, a real sense of um, professional accomplishment during that time, um, but it was hard. You know, it was players that had been through a couple coaches in a few short years. So uh, building that trust that I was one staying and that you could count on me um, was kind of a big part of that that first year and and by year two uh, we were able to uh, you know win a conference championship and and uh, you know kind of keep the program on track with all the success it had seen in in the past conference championship and you go to and NCAA tournament you get to go to the NCAA tournament yeah. because of that yeah. Right. How does I'm curious now obviously you won a national championship at college but. NCAA tournament, making it as a player, making it as a head coach, does it hit differently? Is there a, there's obviously a, a great feeling of accomplishment, but is it a different type of feeling of accomplishment, if that makes sense? Um, it, it is, I think, you know, um, I appreciate, you know, I, I don't even know that I appreciated it at the time the way I should have. Um, I've been a, I was, you know, a victim of success in general, right? I, I have been experiencing success at the world cup level and, you know, so I just, I, these are things I expected. And so I maybe took them for granted a little bit, um, like, wow, this is going to be, you know, you know, first year bat first year in the program, we didn't win. Um, and then second year we did, I was like, all right, this will keep rolling. And that was a, you know, I learned that that wasn't exactly how things were going to go from there um, after that. So I think I just I also, you know, have have grown up with coaches that have done a really wonderful job of making it all about the players. Um, so to me, that's what it was. It was really cool to be on the other side of it, um, seeing seeing our players experience it and being able to prepare them for for what that would be. Um, so that to me was that's what was different. You know, it was it was very much about the gift to give to a team um, and not as much about what I was necessarily fully a part of accomplishing, even though I believe as a coach, you're fully a part of it all. To that point, this kind of goes with the the question I asked you earlier about, you know, things that came easy to you, maybe don't come easy to a kid. When you're a player, you're controlling success, but you're, you know, obviously it's a team effort, but you've got the stick. You're out there. How tough, is it overall, was it to, when you're coaching, to kind of seed that control? You can yell about it, you can drill it, you can talk about it every day, but once the clock starts counting down, it's in the player's hands. How tough is that, or was that, I would imagine, earlier in your career to seed that? Yeah, I mean, I think at times it's still really tough. You know, as coaches, you want, you know, you, you pretend you have more control than you do at times, and so I, you know, it's in the preparation phase. Um, I do remember, you know, it took a long time as a, in my coaching career on game day to not 
for my body to not feel like it wanted to play. Like that's what it wanted to do is amp to go play. Um, and, and I had to figure out how to manage that feeling of like wanting to get in and do it myself. Um, like truly do it, not just out of control, but like just wanting to play. Um, you know, and I think, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a big difference to be on, on the side of the coaching piece and learn. Uh, but it, it goes hand in hand with my philosophy, which is I do want it to be the player's game. So I try and remember to coach them on a daily basis so they can think the game and control the game from on the field. And, and hopefully on the sideline, you know, I, I don't have to give them all the, this is how you play the game, but I can make small adjustments and give a little insight and they can really run with it on game day. And that helps with that sense of control because, you know, the better that group is, you know, it's a thrill when you're on the field and the team, you're just kind of, just kind of moving a couple pieces around and giving a little piece of advice and the games are just running smoothly. That's like the best feeling to me as a coach when I actually have to do very little on game day. We talked earlier about dealing with life in the pandemic and you guys had a really successful 2021 season. You get back to the NCAA tournament, you win a game in the NCAA tournament. I think it was the first time for the program since like 98, if I'm correct. What is that feeling of accomplishment like, not just because it's historic in its own right, but you're doing it under circumstances that are weird. And I would imagine it maybe hits a little differently. Am I crazy? No, you're right. I mean, this was the, it, it is true. Like I, it was a very, very cool experience last year. And um, to see the end results out of a year we had was, so to, to bring it back, it was a hard year, you know, um, you know, and, and if you went back, you know, to, to when things got shut down in 2019, we had a team that we thought was, was ready to be like the best team we had seen in a while. And we weren't quite playing that well. But we, uh, we, our last game right before COVID, uh, we were at Villanova and we went down big in the first half and then went on a run towards the end and ended up losing at the end, but given that give us a little more time and we were probably going to win the game. And that's easy to say, of course, but that's what it felt like. And then the season shut down. And so kind of going through how to manage a team during that period and then, you know, the fall hit and boy, it was very clear. It was going to be, you know, different than anything we've ever done. And there was not, it wasn't about preparing the team. It was just how hard it was on our players just to handle all the COVID restrictions and limitations and um, managing that piece. And then, and then starting to practice. And, and so, so the fall was hard. Um, it was really hard in terms of just the constant moving forward as a team. Um, but we were really clear on our vision of just kind of taking things one day at a time and how to appreciate things and how to get good at things for what we are today. And then, then then look at tomorrow and look at, you know, just do it one day at a time. And that's how I've always tried to approach things, right? You, you control things in the present and you do the best you can each day and they build up. And, you know, before we knew it, we're in the season and our schedule changed a bunch of times because of COVID and you know, but here we are getting to do it. And we knew a lot of people weren't getting to do it. And even how we traveled was so different and all the restrictions, but it simplified so many things that it was a team. Our freshmen were closer than I have ever seen many freshman classes be. And I think it's because they just, they didn't have a ton of distractions. They relied on each other. And 
So to go through this year that was hard, but so simple in the time we spent and what mattered, and there weren't a lot of outside social distractions because of COVID and and they weren't running around as much even to school because of most things were still online. And, and then to just build our success throughout a season and to see it all come together. A team that we, same thing as I was doing, you know, years and years ago at UConn, like, trust me, if you just do the process well, good things can happen. And, and before we knew it, you know, we were that team and I was like, wait, we're ranked and wait, okay, we're, we're going after our conference championship, but we fell short of that, but it was like a great run to that. And then wait, we're going to get an at-large bid. We're going to the NCAA tournament. And then wait, we just won our first game. You know, it was one of those, you know, years that it reinforced what we try and talk about the team is you never know the actual path of the journey. And so just, you have to do the journey. You can't predetermine what it's going to look like, but do it, do the, all, just follow one, one foot in front of each other and see where it goes and, and do it with the intent. And, and, and you can get there, you know, and, um, and stop worrying about everything, just kind of do it. And to see it pay off was just the biggest thrill, you know, for me athletically to watch that happen. But, you know, life lesson wise, it was, it was a really amazing year um, as a coach for me. As we're talking, and by the time this episode airs, this will already happen. You're getting into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. We talked years ago when you got inducted into the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. You're in Hall of your your picture and plaques are littered throughout Hall of Fames uh, when it comes to to sports. Are you at to the point in your career, and you still have a lot in front of you? I don't want to say this like, but do you ever take a step back and think of it all as a player and a coach and the success and you know, not bad for a kid from Harrison High, huh? <laughs> I do take great pride in where I come from and I'm happy to represent, you know, the entire Lower Marion School District um, from that standpoint. But um, no, no, I don't really try. I, um, I really am someone who who lives, you know, in the moment in terms of like, what 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 are we doing today and, and, and that there's more to come. Um, you know, and as a coach, that more to come is all about what I can give to this next generation. And it's why it matters so much to me. You know, it's not about me. It's about kind of hoping someone else gets this journey that matters to them, um, you know, as they move on. So, um, you know, kind of getting these honors, it's so weird to be, you know, get honored for for the past. Um, but I look at it as an opportunity to hopefully inspire and 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 acknowledge those that have given me opportunities um, and to, to hope that others get to see um, that there's so much out there for young girls to go on and experience in sport um, and to represent Temple. It's a, it's a huge thrill for me to be able to represent Temple um, in this process. You know, I just think no one understands how special Temple is as a place and any chance I get to kind of be a face for that is, is really cool. And, um, but I am appreciating the opportunity to, to share these moments with, with family and friends, um, when possible. And, and, and hopefully for our team to understand a little bit more of, of what, what brings me passion day in and day out. Bonnie Rosen, this was a ton of fun. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks for the time. Matt, thanks so much. 
And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Temple University head women's lacrosse coach Bonnie Rosen for being our guest this week. Now, if you like this show and you want to help us out, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at One on One Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.